in a world full of film and TV news. This just in. Breaking news for you now. We've got to interrupt you here. We have some breaking news. Some breaking news. To another story that is breaking overnight. Three men have joined forces to bring you the Hello and welcome to the Weekly Cut Podcast, a, br- a place, a brace, a place that brings the latest news and reviews in TV and film. I'm your host, Brad, and this is co-host Connor T. I got really scared there, which hence my kerfuffle in my words. It was a kerfuffle. I was thinking, oh, how do I know when the sound <laughs> is gone? Because I haven't got my headphones today. Um, but anyway, this is co-host Connor T. How are we? Yeah, good. I keep forgetting that's also three men. So two I know men. I keep forgetting and our logo has got three men in it as yeah. well. Uh we'll we'll have to we've we've mentioned that we'll get round to it, of course. Um, it's just two of us. It's just two of us. And it it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. We like it. Don't make me laugh. Uh <laughs> I'm still recovering from my appendicitis. Um but I'm getting there, I'm comfier today. I feel ridiculous sitting back in this sofa talking like this, but it's fine. Uh follow us on Twitter at Weekly Cut and on TikTok. Here is what made your cut because it's yours, your it podcast. Is. You listen. It's not ours. Uh, it's, it's we don't. We don't own anything. Uh, I don't know Connor. I don't know. We were thrown together last week. Don't know you. It's like X Factor. <laughs> uh, here is like when fucking Simon Cow. He goes, "I've got an idea." That group that we saw six days ago. We're gonna link you up. We're gonna take the best single oh, from yeah. that because ain't that what One Direction was? Yeah, and Little Mix. No, I didn't know it was both Little Mix as well. Yeah, I think Little Mix so is the same. What he took the best. From all of them and went, sorry, the fugly ones. Yeah, get out of here. We're having you. This is film TV and <laughs> yeah, music, by the way. And yeah, a bit of Simon Cow as we well. We uh, anyway, back to it. Here's what made your cut. Uh, Barbenheimer. Big. Just going to come straight off the bat. It's a huge episode. We're going to try and do our best. We like to keep it around that 45 to 55 minute runtime for the podcast. We want to make sure you stay for the long haul. But it is Barbenheimer. It's the biggest weekend of this year by far. In terms of box office, we are breaking down Barbie and Christopher Nolan's new Oppenheimer. We've got trailers for Gen V drop today. Invincible season two, finally. Yeah. Uh, the Marvels, uh, Connor's favourite film. Uh, yep. He can't wait for that one. Uh, we also got an interview with Josh Horowitz for Christopher Nolan talks a whole bunch. Is he going to direct a Bond movie? There's a lot to discuss, Connor. Mm. There's a lot to discuss. But for now, let's get into it with the news, news, news. Okay, straight off the bat, Variety reports that Warner Brothers are looking to delay June Part 2 and Aquaman 2 until next year. The reason being, of course, it's those SAG strikes for the actors who cannot promote movies under that current union. Yeah. <sighs> Did you see it coming? Uh, it probably... I, I should have. I didn't, but I should have. I mean... Yeah, should have being the correct phrase, really, but yeah. were you surprised by this? I was quite surprised. I was fair. as well. And I don't yeah. know why. Like you say, we should have. It's a big thing with actors not being able to promote. Yeah, and films like June, although they're massive, it's massive in its own right. It does probably still need a lot of marketing to get new people in. Hundred percent. So it is it is a it is a struggle. Well, you just said the word marketing. Yeah. What's this weekend been? Marketing. Yeah. Machine. It's been mad. Do you think there's any way? The studios have looked at this insane Barbenheimer, which was not the studio's idea. I'm not saying the studios come up with Barbenheimer. That was a meme that ran crazy. But do you think they've looked at this and gone, just goes to show you how well promoting movies can get you and we need all our actors, as you just said, an ensemble cast that June has. Yeah. We need them to promote the movie. If we can't do that, delay. Yeah, I think so. 
because with June you've got so many different actors. Huge. Such a variety, different fan bases. You've got to bring them all together. The only way to do it is to market. It's a good point. You've got the young guns with Timothy Charlemagne that are all the, you know, oh my God, you're so hit. And <laughs> then you've got the, you know, Javier Bardem's, the Josh Brolin's, the people probably me and you are more, you yeah. know, thinking about those sort of, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, huge actors. You've got Zendaya, of course. She's knocking it. It's, it's just, you are, especially with Timothy Charlemagne and Zendaya, you, the, the marketing would be very, very easy to do on that. Pop on a story. You need them to. Pop on a story. Pop on an Instagram story. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it's not a surprise um, seeing these starting to delay. Not confirmed yet. We'll let you know on our Twitter, as I said, up top, at Weekly Cut. But they are strongly thinking about it. Aquaman mm. 2, not mm. really fast. Don't really care. But I was just thinking, that's a problem. Because the longer that goes on, the new DCU starting to come in. That's true. If that just drags his heels. There's rumours. Um, it was in my scraps, but I'll mention it up top here. It completed its third round of reshoots a few weeks ago. Jesus. That's unprecedented, Connor. Yeah. For a film, even of that size, three rounds of reshoots. You can't just scrap it, can you? You can't just scrap it. The latest reshoots reportedly were, and this was Hollywood Reporter, so it's a reputable source, were James Gunn's involvement. Rumours are now swirling. They think the whole Lobo thing is a misdirect. They think they're going to work without telling anyone that Aquaman, Jason Moore, they're just going to make make him into the current DCU with, with James uh, Gunn's leg, Superman legacy. And that's why Aquaman will be actually a DCU movie. We don't know at the minute, but just yeah. thought I'd bring that to light. Three rounds of reshoots. Uh, it, it wasn't testing that, very, that well, apparently, but now it's looking like it's on the right track. Yeah. So we'll see... But three rounds of reshoots, I can't believe that is just mental. Too much. After two. Two's quite a lot, but yeah. it's, it can happen. But three's too much. Three. I don't know a movie that's done that. No, you've got to think, what's going wrong here? <laughs> what's going wrong? What are we doing here? Christ almighty. Uh, quick mention, Blue Beetle. Do you think they've abandoned that cod? Yeah, I no, think so. That's releasing. They're not looking to delay that. That's coming out in August next month. I've, they've written that off already. They've written that off. Yeah. Uh, there was, I think domestically, it was looking to pull in around about £12 million. I've got more than that damn back of my sofa. <laughs> what well, you just found. Just now. found it, yeah. Just found, maybe yeah. lend it to Warner Brothers, mate. Uh, or not, actually, after Barbie. We'll come on to that. Uh, also, I'll just mention this quickly. Did you see Tom Cruise at front and centre of the strikes? No, I didn't. Wait till you hear this. Oh. Uh, okay, so his name was trending. Uh, it's reported again by the Reporter that in June, Tom Cruise joined a Zoom meeting between the studios and the union when they were negotiating a new fair deal, which obviously collapsed. And the strike happened. Yeah. Um, he was asking for safeguards around AI. So great. That's, he's for the actors. Yeah. But he then did ask for a waiver to allow actors to promote their movies because he had Mission Impossible coming out the following month. Yeah. Uh, he's catching a lot of fire for this. Uh, I just want your thoughts on it as a Tom Cruise fan. Do you know what? I drink my beer. First of all, because I've, I've seen this, and first of all, I thought he's got to stand by everyone and not do that. But then I think... For the greater good of Hollywood as a whole, it does need saving. And films like Mission Impossible, people need to go out and see films. So maybe in that sense, he's got a point. And he can still support the up-and-coming and the, the writers and the, the lower-paid actors. But people do need to see... Cinemas are wavering. And people need to get yeah. there. And you need to get people there by marketing. So maybe he's got a point. I don't know. I'm it's nodding tough. very smugly because that's a great answer. We've got a great podcast. You have. That is absolutely true. We've not spoken about this and I completely agree with Connor. Yeah. Yes, 
people should be paid fairly. You, Connor, went on a bit of a rant. I've at least listened to our uh, last week's. It was a really good answer, though. But to sum up, we went through the strike and the updates, etc. And Connor was, you were comparing, um, a few people on our Twitter was comparing nurses and stuff like that. And it doesn't matter, what you were basically saying was, doesn't matter what the field is, you be paid fairly. Um, And that was pretty much the the centre of your rant (laughs) last week. Um, So put that to one side. We, We at the Weekly Cut believe that. But as Connor just said, theatres need these films. Yeah. Because that's an industry that will fail if this strike doesn't come to a uh, fruition or there isn't some compromises like Tom was trying to do. Yeah. And then there'll be, it will just be online streaming services and then we're all fucked. It, then we're all fucked. Yeah. So you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Completely agree. Good answer. I've got to see. Uh, right. Moving over to Nolan via Josh Horowitz interview uh, revealed that he would find it quote, an absolute privilege to direct a Bond movie. Ooh. Now, this come out of nowhere. I'd never even put the two together. What was your initial reaction? Um, I think the first thing I said to you was, Hans Zimmer's already done score, so you he's already on board. You reminded me of that. What was the... No Time to Die, was it? That last... Like, no Time someone. to Die, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's done that. So, Christopher Nolan is a god, and we'll get onto it later on. Absolute but god. James, for him to do a James Bond film, that will pique my interest in James Bond films. Everyone knows I don't care too much James Bond. If Nolan's directing, he's getting fans like me on board. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I completely agree. I, I think it's fair to say me and you are more of an Ethan Hunt slash Mission Impossible type of guy when it comes Absolutely. to spies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do like Daniel Craig was brilliant. There's some really good movies, Skyfall, etc. But yeah, the, the Bond franchise is a little bit samey. Yeah. So if you bring in Nolan, that would, I, that would ignite unintended with the film we're talking about later on but that would ignite so many sections of audiences for a bond movie i think that yeah. just it's a and now i can't unsee that partnership of a nolan and you know sony and bond and i just think i'd be shocked if they ain't thinking about that now after yeah. hearing it just think of the tone it'll just be a completely different tone bond it'll just 100%. be the visually it'll look good the story will be brilliant it'll be some backward story of a massive yeah. twist the twist will be fantastic exactly it's just set up for uh, it. now not to put you on the spot but you know your Nolan movie so don't if you can't come out of it because I haven't had a really thought, thought about this other than one little um, thing that comes to me um, the reason they were talking about this he was saying that the Bond movies have a bit of an influence an embarrassing influence he called it over his movies basically that he litters it without even realising uh, Bond, uh, James Bond influences okay so I was thinking of his movies like and for example I've, I come you know Tenet yeah. So Robert Pattinson's character is very Mission uh, 007-ish. Yeah. Posh, yes. bit of a spy, does everything. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think those are the sort of things he's thinking of. I don't know if you can think of anything else, but I'm just thinking of his movies now. And and to be fair, even... He, I can't remember his name. I think his name's Cobb in Inception, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Yeah, he is. He's quiet. I don't yeah, know. He's, he's, yeah. Even Tom Hardy in that is a bit... Spy. That's even forget my Cobb reference. That's better. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, Tom Hardy's better. Not just because the accent, by the way, but his character in that Tom Hardy is very much like that. That's, that's yeah, that's a good point. They're every, they're littered everywhere. I'd, I'd be interested to see. I'm, Interstellar may be a different beast. I can't imagine James Bond fitting into that world, but yeah. who knows? Um, but yeah, no, just uh, it's really interesting. And now we are advocating for Nolan to do a Bond movie. Give him the keys. It's it's a no brainer. It no brainer. And you know that actors are going to drop their salary to work with him. Hopefully, Henry Cavill. Uh, anyway, <laughs> right. Let's move on to our trailer segment. 
Okay, so let's start with the Marvels. Yep. Uh, try and retain your excitement, Connor. It's uh, tough. It did come out of a new trailer. Straight over to you. Uh, I don't really care for this film too much. I mean, th- this trailer is the best of the bunch. But that's not saying Agreed. It's, that's not saying it's a good trailer. I was low. Yeah, it's, I mean it's fine. It's uh, it just looks like a standard Marvel film nowadays. It's just same old. Just looks tired. Just looks boring. It just I just I just can't get on board with it anymore. And now I've had um, Secret Invasion, and I go back to this style of Marvel. I can't yeah. do. I can't jump back. Well, you mentioned Secret Invasion. They are. It does feel like a bit of a, not an attempt at a sequel to multiple projects, but it is a bit of a sequel to WandaVision because of uh, Monica Rambeau. No, yeah. not Monica Rambeau. What was that? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Maria Rambeau's the mum, sorry. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, a WandaVision um, sequel because of Monica Rambeau's character, Photon. Um, we've got Miss Marvel, so it's a bit of a sequel to that series. Yeah. Fucking that was shit. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, then we've got, every time someone mentions Miss Marvel on this podcast, one of us has to say that shit. It's such a shame she's a good um, character as well. So, uh, Secret Invasion, obviously we're really enjoying that at the minute. Got the finale coming up Wednesday, so we'll yeah. talk about that next week on the podcast, so get your asses back here. Um, but, I don't know if I care for a sequel to any of those. I'm just enjoying Secret Invasion. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so I'm what saying, is this movie? Is what I'm telling you. It, it's just a. I think it's just sort of a. It feels like a filler film. Mm. It, it's have no bearing on anything going forward, or really anything behind. It's just Miss Marvel still finding her powers and coming of age as a superhero. Yeah, Monica Rambeau story was done what four, four years ago? How long yep. ago was that? Yeah, don't care about that anymore. <laughs> Captain Marvel is just Captain Marvel. I completely agree. It's just this is nothing. For uh, me. I mean, I have got a. A spoiler here, um, so it, it, I just run run away for twenty seconds or skip thirty seconds. Nice, love that. Um, thirty seconds. Uh, I just want to see your reaction to this. Um, a heavy plot leak about a post credit scene is uh, Ms. Marvel going to um, Haley Steinfeld's uh, Kate Bishop that we saw in Hawkeye. She steals something from Fury, which has a database of potential heroes for like right. a young Avengers, which we know is the idea. Yeah. And then they both speak about, um, is it Catherine Newton, the actress, who's Scott Lang's daughter, who was, I can't remember the name of her in Quantumania, the Ant-Man type character. Oh, yeah, yeah. So is it young Avengers or is it like an all-female young Avengers, A-Force? I don't know what's going on there. But yeah. Does that excite you in any way? Not one bit. No. Not one. I think now's the time for DC just to take the reins because Marvel's just, it's just, what's the word? Is it floundering or flounder? What fish is doing? Oh, no. flap. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, they've got nothing, no ideas. I don't know where it's heading. We're all panicking. Fantastic Four's taking ages to get casting announcements. Jonathan Majors is still all up in the air about Kang. I don't, yeah. It's a shit show over there. Uh, even the, the dad in in Ms. Marvel, who's in oh, yeah. Captain, in, in, who's in, sorry, the Marvel movie, has got a sex allegation case going on at the minute. It's a shit show it's over a, there. Yeah. It's a shit show. Shambles. Uh, right, let's move on to something that is good. Uh, Invincible, season two. Yeah. I mean, prime video, four episodes dropping on November 3rd. What was your thoughts on this trailer? I know you're a big fan of this. I am a big fan, and I cannot wait for this. And... The trailer immediately hooked you because it's got the voice of the guy from Die Hard. That's it. It was a good shout from Connor. Yeah, there. and his voice is so like his voice is quite gripping. It's it gripping, yeah. And you were getting a lot of the same. It's going to be quite funny. It's going to be gory. Yes. And then you get when it's my favorite bit when it's come with all the actors and it comes up as and of course or something like that, it says J.K. Simmons. 
as Omni-Man. Omni-Man's it. Oh, and, and he just says something. I can't really say. He goes, he goes, you should have died at birth. And then just yes. cuts off. It's just... Oh. Brilliant. Uh, like Connor said, the, n- the new voice actors, uh, go check it out on, on Twitter at We'd Kick Up. We've got it all on there. Um, but yeah, the, there's a whole bunch of new voice actors. Season three is already done with the voice work. So oh. yeah, it, that won't be waiting years for Invincible uh, season three. But this one just sounds brilliant. And at the end, people may have noticed. Do you remember that uh, there was someone who goes um, Viltrumite on Viltrumite? That hasn't happened since the Great Purge. Yeah. People might be thinking, where's that voice come from? That is Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime. So Ooh. they've even got that big boy in there. Jesus Christ. Uh, so yeah, it's um, I can't wait. We're going to see more from Viltrum, which is the, the planet, obviously, they're from. Um, and there's bigger bads in that universe, much bigger bads yeah. um, than Omni-Man. So yeah, just can't wait to see what they delve. You know, um, what's his name? Dick, uh, not Dick Grayson, Mark Grayson. Mark Grayson, obviously, Invincible. Seeing him become a bigger better superhero yeah because he's not invincible is he yeah he ain't battered yeah absolutely class so will he be better in this series i don't know i just want to see that development i think this looks great yeah and that's good as well omni-man needs someone who's bigger and badder yeah just like homelander had tests in the recent series when you get a big villain like that you need a little test 100 percent. yeah completely agree right let's move on to gen v which is the boys spin-off series coming to prime video again Great show, uh, great streaming service. That oh, it's brilliant. Got some absolute baggers, winners. Uh, just finished Jack Ryan season four. Just some absolute baggers. Anyway, Gem V, the boys spin off September 29th. Connor, what are you thinking? This I don't know why I keep waving yeah, at you like that. Okay, you, Connor, do it. Shoot, go. Happy hands. This is um, I love the boys. Oh, to the death of me. It's one of my favourite series now. And this is literally just the boys, but under a different name. Was you quite? And that sounds silly. People are going. It's literally. From the world of the boys, they it's plastered all over the trailer. But I was quite shocked at how much this looks like the boys. Yeah, from the tone, I didn't realize there were going to be so many cameos from from the boys. You had A Train in there and people like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just think this looks from the blood and the um. This even the special effects. Yeah. Look, look great. Yeah. All the different types you're gonna. They have so much fun thinking up with these. It looks like one of the main characters will cut herself and then can use her blood as solid matter to yeah, like rope source. someone or yeah. mental. But I think because with spin-offs, like what we're trying to say there, with spin-offs, you get a spin-off and it is attached to the show, but it tries to get its own identity, but this and, doesn't. This and it just, sometimes doesn't work. Yeah. Because you're thinking, I just prefer the main article. But yeah, like you say, this is so similar. Yeah. If you like if you love the boys, you're gonna love this. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, uh, yeah just add to throw that in there. Come out today. Uh, go check it out. It's everywhere. Uh right. We've reached the time. I'm opening my beer. Open up another beer. It's just <laughs> you, you drank that. Well, I'm down the corona. Uh, right, it's Oppenheimer. It's part one of Barbenheimer. Uh, so up top, the movie had a budget of 100 million pounds. It smashed project projections and made 180 million worldwide, which is the best Christopher Nolan opening, not including Batman. Ooh. Great stuff for him. Yeah. Really, really good. Brilliant. And Universal that nabbed him. Uh, really, really good stuff. Now, people, remember, this is a three-hour R-rated biopic. Yeah. These numbers shouldn't be happening. No one can figure out, other than Barbenheimer, why this is happening. So, wow. It's incredible. Did you expect it to make anywhere near that? No, but I thought it would um, not flop, but I thought it would be 
well under 100 million. I You said that because, and I, I agreed with you, you said it a couple of weeks ago that you were worried for Oppenheimer. Yeah. Because of Mission Impossible and Barbie that we knew was going to be a craze. Yeah. But this has smashed it. It seems like the hype is bigger than I thought it was for this film. 100%. My cinema was packed. I, same here. And it's just everyone, and we're going to get onto it. Now, I'll tell you what, whilst we're, we're on it, have you got your phone on you? Yeah. Do you want to put up? What what is it right now on Rotten Tomatoes? What is the audience and critic score? Um, because I know it opened strong, but word of mouth is great. So I just want to see what it is. Let's have a look. Get up. Dun, 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 dun. So, I'm going to go 90s, 92, 93. You're one off, 94. For both? For both. Oof. Yeah, 94 for both. And that's been, obviously it's been out a few days now, so that's staying around about those marks. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. So word of mouth is great. Uh, right, Con, should we give him a big spoiler warning? I'll let this one run for a little while. I just, just realised. Very apt. It is. A very apt warning. Yeah, so uh, time goes in description. Don't worry, it's not a nuclear warning. It's not. It's so just a warning. It'll be calm. Uh, but this is, this is spoilers now, okay? So yeah. we're in it. Um, if you haven't seen it, obviously run. But if you or you just want to stage and just stay. So, right. Uh, let's start off by talking Christopher Nolan and a yep. big, big talking point. He chose not to include the Nagasaki or the one before that, Hiroshima, in yep. this at all. We don't see anything from Japan. We don't even see any Japanese people. Um, did that affect the movie for you? It's a bit of a big question, so take your time. Really. Yeah. But did that affect the movie in any way for you, shape or form? Uh, not one bit. Oof. It didn't affect me one bit because the scenes that preceded it were effective enough, and we'll get onto that in a minute. Yes, but I think it was a it was an absolute catastrophe, and it was you you don't need to see that happen because for the Japanese it was horrifying. Yeah, and you don't need to see something like that. It's the same in the same token as you don't need to see the Holocaust. You don't need to see well, the the gas chambers. I- uh, fair, completely fair. The, I mean, the only the only sort of comeback on that. I mean, you do see a lot of slavery in movies, yeah. Which I don't, you, you don't, you don't really want to see because it was up, yeah, it's true. up there with Holocaust and stuff like. That. It's a, it's an evil time in humanity that shouldn't have happened. But mm. same with the Holocaust. I mean, Schindler, Schindler's Schindler's List. You see a little bit in there and other movies. Do you? I mean, it didn't affect. I'll be honest. It didn't make. It made sense to me not to include it because of something I'll mention in a minute. Or yeah. what the movie was based on, but um, would it have been distasteful? Is my question to you then? Because you've seen Twelve Years a Slave and and Schindler's List, would it have been distasteful to you, uh, or did it just not affect? I don't know. Well, I suppose the point I was just about to go on to to back it up was the point you're going to make in a minute. Mm. Is if they did show it, it, it's like, well, this isn't a World War Two film; it's a Oppenheimer film, and it's about Robert Oppenheimer. So they don't need to show it because it's not about that. It's about him. Exactly so, that. Yeah. It's the whole point of this film is from the perspective of uh, Robert. Robert? Yeah, Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. And uh, it's based on a book called The American Prometheus, which is why you get the Prometheus um, quote that comes up at the beginning. Oh, yeah. That Zeus uh, imprisoned him because he took fire from the gods and gave it to man, which is what this movie is about. So, And that book, American Pre- Prometheus, is all about the perspective and life of Oppenheimer. Yeah. So we're seeing it. That's why you see a lot of close-up shots of Cillian Murphy, because we're seeing it through him. Yeah. So that's why I agree with Connor that it just made... T- I didn't expect... I Maybe I did expect more explosions. We'll get onto it and stuff. But 
I understand fully why we didn't see Japan. Yeah. I think that's he, he didn't make any any sort of you know lie that this was all about Oppenheimer. The film the film's called Oppenheimer. And I suppose to back that point up as well, there's a bit in the film after the bombs dropped. Oppenheimer's waiting for a call to see how it went. We're waiting with him. We're yeah. waiting for that phone to ring. We don't know what's going on. Exactly. Because we're seeing it through Oppenheimer's That's eyes. really cool. That's a really cool yeah. topic, that. Uh, right. Let's jump straight in to the Trinity bomb test. Yep. Um, so we've gone through his sort of early life, and he's introduced quantum theory to, to America, which wasn't there before. Um, and he's now heading up this Manhattan project um, out of New Mexico to create this atom bomb and beat the Russians beat the uh, Soviet Union, beat the Nazis, etc. Um, now, I'm going to throw you straight over to you because you loved it. Loved this bit. So just break it down for me. What What did you love? What did it do for you? Well, one thing I'll say straight away. Say it, mate. Massive shout out to Josh Peck. Mad props. What the fuck? What's he doing he there? He pressed the button. Yeah. I was well, I thought, is that Josh? Did it take it out of you? Did you get taken out of the movie a little bit because of that? Or did you, was you straight back in after you realized? I was straight back in. When I looked at him, I thought, What's he doing? Good there? acting. It was good acting, yeah. And I thought, oh, this is good for him. But yeah, that that scene, I love visuals and I love sound, and I think sound is one of the most important things in film. You've always said that. And when that, when the bomb went, it was tense. The build up to oh, the countdown, it was tense. Everyone going to there. There was three designated viewing platforms. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, sorry, carry and on. And the, the the countdown clock as well was really cool. Where it was just like it wasn't like hard letters. It was like fuses letters uh, wasn't it i didn't even think of that yeah, that's a really it's good really point. cool and i, I haven't seen it. that on twitter anywhere that's a really yeah. good that's a really good uh sort of pickup yeah that was really cool and then the bomb it was just a flash and yeah. it, it was i don't know how they done it do you know what the funny thing about that is when you say the flash jade jade had a uh sorry hands over her ears yeah because of she was expecting this massive big explosion um and then when it flashed she went she, for about ten seconds, or for about five seconds. She went, looked at me, and went, "I thought there'd be a bang." I went, "Jade, you go away." Yeah, I went. I, don't, I, I basically said, I, "I didn't say this, but I nearly went." I can't. I've, I ain't got time to speak <laughs> physics right now. Yeah. But <laughs> they're like twenty miles away, isn't they? Yeah. So you got to wait for the bang. So I knew it was coming. I just went to her. It's coming. Yeah. And then she went straight back on. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the the way it flashed and they all the brightness, you felt it in the theater, didn't you? Yeah. As if you were viewing it. Yeah, and then. Wait, because it was the anticipa- anticipation of that bang. We was waiting for the aftershock. Yeah. And the flash went and you just see the explosion. And then you realise the explosion is what they've been doing in the trailers and that's yeah. all that. And that's the visuals you've been seeing throughout the film. And you, I think it was his breath you heard like... Yeah. Like that, As in, while it was silent. It was all just focused on him and yeah, just... Oh, it was so impressive. The yeah. way the lights around the, the bomb site come on at the same time oh, as the score was kicking in. Yep. And oh, then, God. That's a, it's such a good I scene. I might need to go to the cinema again. Same. Yeah, and I then think we need to. That bang, the sound, we saw it in IMAX. Yep. And I'd implore anybody to see it in IMAX because, obviously, it was made for IMAX and you get the full experience. That bang, I'm sure... Barbie next door thought a bomb had gone off in the yeah, cinema. Yeah. It we, was so loud. Which has been a joke meme through this whole time it coming out, yeah. but I think God is right. It was deafening. Yeah. Uh, but just brilliant. That scene is mind-blowing to, to cinematic and filmmaking. Nolan, hats off to you. Um, we're going to come straight on with a double punch because we've now got any... Uh, in my opinion, this was my favourite scene. 
Um, and obviously we just spoke about that one. So this now, Con, I'm going to ask you to explain this one again for me because you've yeah. done, done a good job there. Yep. So after the test, Oppenheimer is then pretty much shut out. Uh, Matt Damon's General Groves just sort of says, you're here when you're here. We've taken all the stuff out of New Mexico and uh, good luck. Thank you. And they all go off. Yeah. And he's sort of, yeah, left in the dark. What is going on? And then I think that's when he starts to maybe think, what the f- what well, have I, I sort of done? And, yeah. and maybe remorse sets in. But anyway, um, he then has to give a speech because we just hear over the radio about Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, and everyone's, what a success. We've done it. We've ended the war. Congratulations. And then he, uh, I think he's in, Los, what's it, Los Alamos? Los Alamos. Los yeah. Alamos. I think he's there in like the gym. Yeah. And there's all the, you know, the bleachers. The bleachers, that's the word, very American. <laughs> and he's got to give this speech and he walks out. Break it down, Con. This, so, this for me, I just want to say, yep. this for me, whilst you get ready, is I've, I don't remember being impacted by a scene for years like this. Yeah, I think I agree. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I think I agree. Now, before I get into the scene, I need to just take you back throughout the film before this. Take us out the film. I'm with you. I'm following you. Christopher Nolan, you know he's got a thing with his scores that he likes to sort of put bits in here and there. He does it with this. He's done it with... Um, so don't discard anything you might hear or see. No, it all matters. So throughout the score, you, you can just hear banging. It's just like stomping. It's all you hear is just stomping. Stomping it. is the best description. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it gets louder and louder and louder, and then it just cuts off quick. And you think, what's going on there? What does that mean? Does it a few times, and we get to this scene, and Robert Oppenheimer, Silly Murphy, standing at the, the podium. Podium, that's it. That's and he's... You can see he's, he looks troubled, but he's trying to put on a brave face... And he gives this speech. It's quite a uh, speech that everyone wants to hear. So basically he says, um, I bet the J- the Japanese didn't like it. And everyone st- stomps their feet and cheers. Ah, you're the best. Waving yeah. flags. And then you can see behind him, everything's shaking. Yeah. And there's just a small rumbling sound. And you think, what's going on? And then it just gets louder and louder and louder. And all of a sudden you can't hear anything. And he even says uh, the the bit before that, which you uh, was waiting for when before we spoke about it, is when he goes, "Um, uh, it's just just a shame we couldn't use it on the Germans." Yes, and he sort of didn't didn't believe what he was saying. Yeah, he said it because he had to say it, and he he was in this panic mode, which you just explained perfectly, by yeah. the way. Um, and then it, as you bring him back to what you just said, sorry, then it cuts off silent. And the, my favorite part of the whole scene is when he says that he can't hear the screaming or the shouting. But you but hear, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. But you hear everybody stand up and you hear the chairs sort of move and rumble and you just see them all screaming. You just hear sort of stomping and a little bit of banging. But he's just in panic mode. And all of a sudden you see a flash. There's a really bright flash and you think, fucking hell, what's going on here? And obviously he's picturing what he's just done to the Japanese. Yeah. And then that image, you want to take over with that image you see with that woman's face? Yeah, can I mean, there, I mean, there's so much to unpack in this moment. Connor's referencing the bit there. A woman, she at, at first she doesn't look in pain, but her skin is basically being peeled off. Yeah, and she is sort of still carrying on, going, "Ha, brilliant!" And but yeah, so he's he's basically like Connor just said, he's seeing the effects of what he knows because he knows what he's done to this Hiroshima and Japanese people. So I really liked the fact, because he didn't get to see what happened. Yeah. So we neither neither did we in this movie. So we're fully with Oppenheimer here. We don't get to see this. So all he's got to go on is his and our imagination. Yeah. So he's seeing that. 
Um, we then we then cut, and I love the bit when he's walking and he puts his foot through something, and it's an ash. Yeah. Someone on the floor. It's just an ash body, like from Pompeii, yeah. a volcano. Yeah. Um. He, he when he gets outside, there's someone throwing up because, uh, basically, sort of within I think it was about a ten mile radius, you're getting obliterated. Yeah. You're that person on the ground, the ash or whatever. But anything further out, you might survive, but within the days and weeks to come, your radiation, you've got, you know, an advanced sign of cancer. Yeah. You're throwing up, etc. And he's walking out, shaking hands, and all this is going on, and everything around him is Hiroshima. Yeah. And it's his imagination and his panic attack. I just think it was like you just perfectly summed up from the score, the sound bites they kept doing and... The anticipation that it all led to that scene from the stomping, we finally knew what that that noise meant. Filmmaking don't get better than that scene. No, he plans absolutely everything, and it makes you think as well. Again, I feel a bit weird. So do I. (laughs) It makes you think because as that scene is going on, you can see the the joy of just American civilians. We won the war. Yeah, we've done it. Evil. We're we're the best. Yeah, we're the best. We're the best country in the world. All the while, (laughs) we're the best. We're the best. (laughs) All the while. Across the world. Right now as he's doing that speech. Faces are getting peeled off. People are dying, dead, obliterated. And they're just civilians. They didn't target airfields or anything. They just targeted the town. Exactly. See you later. I mean, well, it's a good... I didn't have this down, but I just remembered it in the movie, which is why it's great to do breakdowns like this. But what you just said there, that the way they picked Hiroshima... Oh, the arrogance. I, who, I, I think he was like the Secretary of Defence or something. Yeah. I, it wasn't the President, I, I don't think, anyway. No, Secretary of Defence. Yeah, sure and he goes, um, no, there was like 13, there was a there was a list of 13. He went, uh, I've narrowed it down to 12 now because me and my wife honeymooned at that location. Yeah. And it's like, are you serious right now? Holly looked at me and went, oh my God. This cannot be real. And it, it highlights, I mean, it's been, like, there's been, unfortunately, there's been many times in, in history that, Humanity has just shown that we don't fucking deserve this planet. Yep. <laughs> we mentioned a few a minute ago with slavery, Holocaust, etc. And then and this being one of them. It's disgusting. And but it's disgusting. Hats off to Nolan making you think and thinking, Jesus Christ. Getting you to a, think. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's no filmmaker currently that's doing that, no. in my opinion. Uh right. Now, uh I'll tell you what, it's probably a good time to um bring up the cast. Connor's got a list we're gonna yeah. rattle off now. Um because I'm astounded, Con, when I tell your hundred million budget. How did he keep it 100 million yeah. with these names? Every four minutes you go, oh my God, that's yep. mental. But let's 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 do it. So obviously you've got Cillian Murphy, Oppenheimer. Well, I mean, let's just stop for a second. Yeah. How good is his performance? Uh, Oscar worthy. It's insane. Because you've got to remember, he, he played a young Cambridge, I think it was at Cambridge, wasn't it? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Cambridge. Um, and travelling around Europe, you know, trying to learn quantum theory. Then he leads the Manhattan Projects. Then he gets remorse and anxiety and then he's old and then it's just mind-blowing this performance it's unbelievable brilliant hats off to him hats off his hat good his hat. hat take his up um and then i'm gonna go um i'm gonna go to florence Pugh because yeah she's one to some good things to talk about here actually i wish i i wish i could have seen seen more of florence Pugh. she was very very good in what she done only in the short space of time yeah. she was in it a few that's across the board for a lot of these names you're about to say I yeah think, but yeah but i thought she was Hers was quite powerful because I think it was a big part of Oppenheimer's life. Hundred percent. Yeah. So she's Can a, I ask she's you a good question. Go. Was she murdered? Yeah, that's a good question. Nolan does something brilliant, which people might have blinked and missed it. I probably did. There was a hand over her at one point in the bath. Yes, there was. But very, very quickly, Jade missed it. 
So she commits suicide, basically. She's she's mental, by the way. Yeah. Whitesby's character is mental. Yeah, she is. And she's it's an early love interest, and uh, Oppenheimer is infatuated with this woman. Yeah. He'll always, uh, the phrase, I'll always answer when she calls, etc. But um, she commits herself. She's a major communist, major yeah. communist, and which is part of the reason it, it damages him later on in life, because big tie to the communist party. But yeah, that scene where we see a flash of her die, uh, killing herself... It's after the Casey Affleck scene as well, which we'll mention Casey Affleck in a second, who's a fucking nasty fellow. There he is. Um, and you see a flash of a black glove holding her head under the water, and then it stops, and then she's killing herself. And I ah. think that's Nolan basically saying, I'm just throwing that question out there. You, you're you old enough to decide yourself yeah. if you think there was any third party involved in that. Because what he's basically saying, if it, she wasn't murdered, which is more plausible now, thinking about it, that she took some pills and put her head in the bath and drowned. You can't drown yourself for one because your head just pulled in like that. instinct. It just yeah. pulls you out unless you fall asleep. But that isn't plausible. Good question, though. No, good question. Does. Yeah. Um, and also, I just want to say, I, I found it a bit uncomfortable, the sex scene, though, in, which was, it was Kitty's mind, I think, in the hearing yes. where you see her straddling. And it's, did you think, did you think that fit the moment? Uh, I thought, I did think it was a bit out of place. I thought, yeah, out of place is a better yeah. phrase. It's not bad, but. When he when it panned and his clothes were off, because I thought it was quite a serious scene, and his clothes were off, I thought, what's going on here? Yeah. And then she's like Australian him, I thought, yeah, I'm not sure if All that right, was... we'll, we'll leave it as out of place. Fair yeah, enough. Out of place. Um, we'll move on to Emily Blunt. Yes. Oh. Um, as Oppenheimer's wife, Kitty, or Catherine, I think her name's Catherine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Brilliant. Um, the, the one scene, this is why it's good to do this, because they've all had brilliant scenes. The one scene I'll, I'll mention is when she's going up one-on-one against uh, Roger Robb. Uh, who's played by Jason Clark? We'll come on to it. Yeah. Um. She gives one of the best scenes and acting performances of the film. Yeah. When she bamboozles him, that moment when she goes, um, and he goes, "How long ago did you leave the Communist Party?" She goes, 16 years." And then as, as he goes to speak, she goes, "17 years." Yeah. And he goes, goes to speak again. Oh, sorry, 18 years. And uh, it's just brilliant. It's really, yeah, really brilliant. clever. And the blokes on the board is laughing. The, the old, old bloke. bloke is smiling. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, move up. Matt Damon, General Groves. Very good. What did you think? I thought he was great. I thought he was I think he's good. In, he, he's good in everything. Has he done a bad movie? I don't think he has. Well, not movie maybe, but because yeah, um, downsizing, bad movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't ever do a bad performance. Especially with Nolan. Brilliant. But yeah, very good. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s um, Louis Strauss. That right there is the um, performance of the film for me. That is acting. My... God, you you watch this film and you know how good of an actual actor he is. Yeah. Because I'm not slating superhero films, I'm not. But when you get biopics, this is drama, and this is right. Show you acting skills yeah. by a perfectionist of Nolan's yeah. caliber, um, and he's the antagonist, the secret antagonist of this movie. Yeah, um, it's he's so he so cleverly does it how bitter he can be, and the whole reason that Oppenheimer gets is credited and revoked his, and stuff like that it's all because i can't remember i can't remember what that what the the hearing was but years and years ago he embarrassed robert downey jr's what's his name strauss, strauss yeah, yeah embarrassed him at this isotope situation yeah and mugging it off basically everything that he had just brought to the table strauss oppenheimer because he was smarter than him mugged him off yeah and embarrassed him in front of everyone and then he held that grudge for years and, you know, manipulated things, all waiting for his moment to then discredit him. Yeah. And, yeah, Robert Downey Jr., I, 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 he's my pick already for 
supporting actor. Yeah, I think, I'm with you. He'll be up there. Yeah. Um, some other names, obviously, Florence Pugh. We've had uh, Josh Hartnett. Play Batman, please. Oh, How wasn't he good, good does he look? Yeah, really good. Heck, so cool. What a set of head of hair he's oh. got. But yeah, really cool. Loved him. Yep. Um, Casey Affleck. Terrifying. So One terrifying. scene or two scenes? Yeah. Terrifying. Um, Tom Conti is Albert Einstein. Leave him. We'll come on to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. We'll leave him. Um, I'll leave him till last in this list. Uh, Jason Clark. Um, he was horrible Was that Roger Rob. He was really horrible. Horrible. Fair play to him because that was a, quite a big... He had a lot of scenes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a really good performance. You did hate him. I, did, I hated yeah. him. Um, Alden and... Han Solo. Went, Han Solo, yeah. He went up against Robert Downey Jr. He was, every scene was Robert Downey Jr., wasn't it? He was, oh, he yeah, was, of course he's he the was. young boy that was advising him oh, in I black and white. He was very good. He was very good. Uh, so, 100% fair play. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Branagh. Every time he's with Nolan, he does a different oh, accent, and he's just so such a good actor. He's so good. Um, and then, um, before I get into the last one, second to last one, which is a huge, huge props, Gary Oldman as uh, President <laughs> oh. Truman. Absolutely outstanding. That accent was perfection. Spot on. Yeah. Uh, and it, how? I mean, it just portrayed such a horrible, horrible person. Uh, I can't remember the ins and outs, but he, he comes to meet the president to speak about the project. I think they want to build up, uh, I can't pronounce the name again. What's the name of the Mexican place? Los, Los Alamos. Los Alamos. They want to build that up. And, da, da, da. and Oppenheimer's like, the, the Russians will get there in the end. We, yeah. we should be, you know, speaking with them now. And, da, da, da. and he's like, no one remembers who built it. I pressed the button. Yeah. Get this crybaby out of here and stuff. Brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then Rami Malik, the surprise surprise pick of the bunch. He was the runt of the litter. But he, what, what, that was brilliant. He just come up trumps. Oh, this, you said you said it to me earlier that you was thinking he, he can't play this little weak person. Yeah, I thought, what a waste. Yeah. I thought Rami Malik can't be just this guy. Just He was just a little weasel and he's like, um, signed this petition. He knocked the clipboard out of his yeah. hand and he scrambled on the floor. Oh, that is brilliant. And I thought, this is a disrespect to an, an Oscar winner. Fucking yeah, be an done. Oscar winner, like yeah. you say. But then he comes good at the end and he, he actually saves Oppenheimer by unite. It looks like he sort of unites all scientists against the army yeah. and shining a light on how Strauss has been in the shadows manipulating everything. So, um, yeah, what a performance, though, that, that scene at the end. Yeah, magnificent. Brilliant. Um, um, right, is that ever? Is that ever, what other actors we've got on there? That's it. No, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, shall we go on to the end now? Yes. We need to talk about this scene because, again, it's a scene that makes you think just how good Nolan is, and you leave the cinema with questions and contemplating stuff, and that's an experience to me. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just going to break this down. So, um, as we mentioned, Tom Conti is playing Albert Einstein. There's one particular scene that we see twice, and the movie revolves around it, really. So do you want to say the first time we see it from Strauss's perspective? Um, so Einstein's out in the pond. Yeah, so Einstein's out in the pond. Oppenheimer's been offered a job at this institute. Is it a college? I can't remember what it is. It's whatever Strauss is heading up. Yeah, yeah. been offered a job, um, and he's talking to Strauss, and he sees Einstein at the pond. And he says, um, do you want me to Strauss says, do you want me to introduce you? And Oppenheimer says, um, I know him. We've known for years. Known for years, yeah. yeah. So Oppenheimer heads out. Um, as he's walking out, Einstein, uh, is it Einstein's hat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Einstein's hat blows off. 
Oppenheimer picks up his hat and gives him a hat and they have a little conversation. And he's about, what would you say, he's about sort of 50 to 100 yards away walking towards Oppenheimer and Einstein. Strauss is quite far behind, so he can't hear anything. Can't hear anything, no. And then you see they've had their conversation and then Einstein walks away and doesn't even note it, don't even look at Strauss. He even even... says something like, afternoon, uh, Einstein. Yeah. Uh, But then he's got this dread look on his face. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if you did, I remember thinking, what the fuck? I was so interested in what may have happened. We're big Nolan fans. I said to Jade, remember this. As soon as that happened, I went, remember this thing. Yep. Uh, so I knew you'd realise that. But I was, I thought, what could it have been? I didn't think it could have been as brilliant as what we are now going to talk oh, about. so good. Um, so we then um, sort of return to the moment between the two, right at the end. Um, but this time, from Oppenheimer's perspective, so we now see everything that happened between the two at that pond. Um, Einstein warns him, this was magnificent, warns him that uh, this is after the trial, the hearing and stuff like that. So after the Manhattan Project's done and and the bombs were successful and, you know, Oppenheimer's a bit of a mess, etc. Einstein warns him that it's your turn to deal with the consequences of your achievements. And when they've punished you enough, they'll serve you salmon and potato salad and pat you on the back. And whilst he's saying this, I really appreciate this. We see a glimpse of about a decade in the future. Yeah. Where they're all, by the way, how good prosthetics. They all look really old. All of them. Yeah, Yeah. really good. Um, And he's got potato salad. He's doing speeches. He gets a pat on the back. All the people that have portrayed him shaking his hands, etc. He's now Oppenheimer, the father of the, and all that. Um, And I loved how Kitty didn't shake that person's hand. Tell her. That was it, yeah. yeah. He didn't shake that. And, oh, and then the, the Oppenheimer score comes in as she looks at him and she sort of goes, puts her lip on, puts her tongue on her top lip as if she's furious. Yeah. Brilliant. And she looked good old as well. She, she did. God, she yeah, did. really good. Fantastic. Right, now to end the movie, um, we're sort of, the, the glimpse is done into the future. We're back with the two at the pond. Um, and just as Albert is about to walk off, Oppenheimer sort of stops him and says, um, and I've, I've written it down, actually. I might as well just read it word for word. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer then says, when I come to you with those calculations, when I came to you, we thought we might start a chain reaction that would destroy the entire world. Now, before I utter the four words, something to mention here is there was a big scare at the time the Manhattan Project was in full flow that there was a 0.2% chance that they could ignite the upper atmosphere yeah. and destroy the world. The science was saying there is a chance. Um, so that was a fear. And then Einstein responds to um, Oppenheimer there and says, what of it? And he then says, I believe we did. And then, do you want to just talk about what we see? We see like a modern day nuclear weapon. Yeah. We see um, the missiles firing like Judgment Day. Yeah. Um, we yeah. see him in a cockpit that he was seeing earlier in the movie, but loads of missiles now. Yeah. Um, we see the world of, of, of wave coming over the world of fire. fire. And we see the bombs going off as well. Which I spotted today, which was the same as the ripple effect in the water that the pond he was looking at. Yes. It was brilliant filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, and then he shuts his eyes as if to say that you've that was my perspective. Yeah. The movie's done. And Joe was good about that as well. And I don't know if this was meant or if it was just cinema I was in, but they kept the lights off for a while. And you had to watch all the names go off. And we sat there. And you sit there and you think. You are. Yeah. And and me and Holly were thinking. And we had a chat in the car. And we were thinking, this could happen. 
tomorrow. Is is that what you? I was just, that was going to be my question. Sorry, is that what you took away from that? Yeah, I thought this could happen I agree, tomorrow, by the way. and I thought all because there was a race between the Americans and the Russians and the Germans and probably the British, all the yeah. world, to be the first ones to have these these bombs and look what it's caused. At any moment, this world could end. Without thinking of the future and generations and what could happen to the world, they ushered in an age of nuclear weapons and the atomic age. Yeah. And now, I mean, I saw something the other day. I mean, Russia apparently has got 5,500 nuclear weapons. America's got the same. Um, China's got 3,000 and something. So now, look at the world we're in. And something could happen. And what he envisaged, Oppenheimer, the chain reaction has started from that moment they'd done that Manhattan project. And it, it's a, in his eyes, and Nolan, I guess, it's a matter of time. Yeah, and I think what he was saying with all the bombs going off, if one person presses that button, everyone presses that button. And that's it. Well done. Chain reaction again. Yeah, and you, you do think. And it's just it's just mad. And the filmmaking's unbelievable. Look at us now. We're proper contemplating. Pro- pro- I'm proper again. thinking. But that's the beauty yeah. of it. And Holly said to me as well, because she, she loved this film. And I was surprised. I think I was going to ask you what Holly thought. Yeah, Loved it. And she, she went, I really like this film. And in the car home, and she said, I like to learn stuff. Yeah. And she said, I've, I've learned a lot. I didn't know any of that. And she said it blew her mind because she didn't realise that Albert Einstein was alive in our day and age, like in our sort of century. She didn't have a clue. I must admit, 16, I only knew that because of Big Bang Theory, but I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But you, you do learn stuff, and I think that's the beauty of this film. Don't be put off by the three hours because no. this is filmmaking. Wasn't bored once. No, by the not way. once. Wasn't bored once. Uh, okay, let's, let's bring it in end, end then. What's your rating out of 10? Uh, I'm going to go, I think we're going to go 9 out of 10. It's exactly what I've gone for. Bring yeah. it down. 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Uh, I, was, I was at 8.5. I thought it was great. But in reflection, I'm giving it an extra 0.5, bringing it to 9 for an incredible movie, purely because I sat there, and so was you, day after, two days after, thinking about it. Yeah. And a lot of movies nowadays, I don't know about you, Con, I forget them as soon as I've, I've watched them. Most of the films this year I forgot. Yeah. Except for this one. <laughs> it's set with me. Completely true. Right. Now, let's move on. We're not get this is more just of an open chat and nowhere near as in depth because you know, Oppenheimer takes a lot out of you. It does. Uh, so we're just gonna have a little chat. We did see uh Barbie as well. Yeah. Um and I've, my question to you, Con, before I give you some stats, um, did you would you would you have seen this movie if it wasn't for the marketing? No, I would not. You said it on the podcast. I could get it up if you need. No, yeah, you I remember. said you are not seeing this movie. I was like, categorically not seeing it, and the marketing got me. It was relentless, and I thought, I've got to go see it. I think people needed to experience Barbenheimer. Yeah, I think people felt felt left out a bit, like you know the Minions uh, craze that went around with wearing suits. Yes, I think n- not as weird as that, but I think people felt they didn't want to mess it out. They needed to get it and do it so they could speak about it, etc. Yeah. So that definitely happened here, and it affected me and Connor, let's face it. Yeah. We were seeing Oppenheimer, by the way, no matter what. That yeah. was, forget Barbenheimer. Nolan brings out a movie, you get your ass in line. You go and see it. Um, right. A budget of $145 million. The movie brought in £337 million worldwide in the opening weekend. It made more money in its opening weekend than The Flash and Indiana Jones in their entire box office run. It also pushed Barbenheimer weekend to be the fourth highest grossing weekend at the box office in history of cinema behind Endgame, Infinity War and Star Wars when all those three movies were released. Jesus. <sighs> right, I need a break. Connor, what did you think? Oh, no, I'll tell you what, Rotten Tomato me. 
Oh yeah, let me, uh, that? let me see what that yeah, is. Let me get out. I'm going to say that's lower than Oppenheimer. I don't know what though. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to say in the high 80s or maybe mid 80s. So, got it up now. Ooh, it's 90 both. For both. Yeah. Tired of, I mean, I enjoyed this movie. I'm going to get onto it, but yeah. Okay, so two really well-received movies. Uh, yeah, Con, I'm just going to come straight out. I had a fun time, mate. I had a really fun time. We went to see it together. Yeah, that's high. That, that, that's high. That's high. That's high. But <laughs> it's a good fun <laughs> It's a good fun film. <laughs> I didn't try. I'm not knocking it. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, 90% high. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. But I think this film was, I think my takeaways were, it was fun. It was colourful. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. And it wasn't long. No, it wasn't. It wasn't two hours. Uh, I thought it was clever. Um, yeah. the, the the message they portrayed. I mean, let's, let's talk about that that message really quickly then, because there's no beating around the bush here. Mm. It, it, it's a feminist movie. Yep. Um, in, to an extent, because they also do a lot with Mao, and they yeah. they sort of have a strong message for men that it's all right to not be the idealistic Ken, and you can be who you want to be. Yeah. Um, but did did it bother you at all? Was there times it went too far or? What did you think? Because I must admit, going in, I thought I would be bothered. And I wasn't. Yeah, I thought I'd be bothered. And when I was watching the film and the message was... So the message basically was, it wasn't for... Well, it was for young girls. But I think the message was more for mums and the olderish generation or sort of our generation. Yeah. And the message was, as a woman, it's okay to be a mum or not be a mum. It's okay to look like this or look like that or dress like that. It's okay to do whatever you want and be whatever you want. Yes. Just be happy. That, is the, that nice. is the message. And I thought, I hope women and girls are watching this and taking that message in because yeah. the world has been so peppered with you must look like this or do this. It's a, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air. 100%. For a big film like this to say that, I think people will take it on board. And I didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind I it. it was fine. When, I, when I said that, I think we, I thought we would be bothered by it. Not because like, oh, we don't like feminism and stuff like that. I just thought these sort of movies can go a bit too much on the woke side and yeah. then force it down, ram it down your throat rather yeah. than being clever with it. And that's where this differs itself, this movie, because Greta Ger- Greta uh, Gerwig? Gerwig, yeah. yeah. Brilliant filmmaker. She yeah. was so good with this. Um, now, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you under the spot. Ooh. Let's go go through the big points of the movie. So wh- where do we start? What is this movie? What's the story? What's going on? Why have we got Barbie and Ken? So we're living in Barbie land. We are. <laughs> and we, we are. open up in Barbie land. And basically, the Barbies and the Kens live this perfect Barbie and Ken life in Barbie land. Yeah. And every single day is perfect. And most days are the same, or every day is the same. Yeah. And it turns out that the Barbies and the Kens are linked with the humans who play with them. Yeah. As long as they're happy, the Barbies are happy and carry on. But if sadness starts start. to creep in, the Barbies start to change. And that's what happens with Margot Robbie's Barbie. And she's basically got to find... The human who she thought was a girl, spoilers, it's not the girl's girl's mum. Going to the real world. Going to the real world, yeah. And trying to make the human happy again, I yeah. suppose. But really, she goes on a self-learning, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> the humans are fine. It's, all okay. of, it's her that she needs to get the message and she doesn't need to be stereotypical Barbie. She can be who she wants to be. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's just for a second, then Margot Robbie, uh, she is a damn good actress. She is brilliant. And there's one, the scene... At the end, where she said, I'm not pretty anymore. The acting felt too good to be in a Barbie film. I agree. I thought this is out of place. I agree. Yeah. I recently watched uh, a few months ago. I watched Babylon, and in that, really hammers on how good she she has moments because she's um she's an actor. She's playing an actor in that, so she's doing scenes where she has to cry on demand, and 
and it's all Margot Robbie. Like, yeah. it's insane how good it is. Um, so, yeah, like you said, there was moments in this, I was like, this is sensational acting that I didn't think I would be seeing in a Barbie movie. Yeah. But I am. It feels like it's a bit wasted. It's been, but, oh, it's yeah, so brilliant. Good, and yeah. just got to address it. She looks incredible. She looks like Barbie. We got, we're not weird to say that. Yeah. The film is, is designed for her to be perfect, and she is. She is perfect. My God. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I'm just going to outright say that uh, to challenge Robert Downey Jr. for... Best Supporting Actor, I think uh, Ryan Gosling's Ken needs oh, to be up there. This man's got it all. He was so funny in this film. So funny. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what to, uh, to go on that. We'll be here all day if we was coming up with, with moments that he'd done. But yeah, really, really good. He helped provide, uh, portray that that message for the men as well by way of that song. Um, this the, the Ken song. I thought it was brilliant filmmaking yep. again. Yeah. Um, uh, Will Ferrell was in this. He was so funny. It just... He had no script, by the way. Yeah. I don't think he had a script. Improved, just improv. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there is there any moments you want to pick out or? Uh, no, I suppose the the Ken fight is is weird to see. Uh, is it Gravik? Yes, Ken Bing, Ben Kingsley Adir. So weird to see him in a different role because we're seeing Secret Invasion now, but he was really good. So good, all very good. Simu Liu uh, yeah. was good as the sort of the Other alpha King. that was trying to get get rid of Ken and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was really clever. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just, a, it's an enjoyable film and I said to people in work, I'm going to see Barbie today. They're like, oh, uh, I was like, oh, did you? I was like, don't knock it because yeah. it's a good film. Go and watch it first. I understand you might have that thought, you, say, you might have that thought like, oh God, Barbie movie. But once you've seen the trailers and maybe done a little bit of looking into it, not, I don't have to look into it by like reading articles. I just mean, once you've, you, you realise that there's more at play here because the, the, the clips and the trailers did sort of tell me that there was something else. It wasn't yeah. just a, oh, I'm Margot Robbie and I look perfect and this is a great movie. It wasn't that at all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was really, really well done, clever, uh, and I, I recommend watching it. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, I recommend watching it. Go and see it. Fair dues. Yeah. Uh, if you had to give a rating on it, though. Oh, I knew he was going to say that. Um, I think I think I can go no higher than 7.5. Should we call it? Let's call it that, then. 7.5. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good movie with great performances, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't put it anywhere near, near Oppenheimer's nine. So no, I want to try yeah. and keep away from that. Yeah. So seven point five is a good movie, um, and it breaks the mold of the, the Barbie. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I think we'll expect more. Maybe Ken movie. Hundred percent. I, I think from judging by the way this is going, if this carries on the legs at the box office, I think it's a matter of time because we joked about it in message. Barbie has saved Warner Brothers' year. Yeah. If this makes a billion, which I think it's gonna, um, then. It saved Warner Brothers because of the nightmare they had with the Flash. Uh, they had another flop. I can't think of what that flop was, but yeah, they've they've had a bit of a nightmare at twenty twenty three box office. So, um, right. Well, let's move on then to our infamous segment. What is on our screens, Connor? Tell me. Um, I've started the bear after your recommendation. Oh, how many episodes are you in? I'm still on episode five of season one, so I've got a bit to go. Are you enjoying it? Love it. Oh, you do? Yeah. Sorry, no, we did speak about this. You do like? Yeah, it. really enjoyable. Um, Secret Invasion. Yep. Still enjoying that. Can't wait for Wednesday. Um, I feel like it does seem quite a big payoff. I think it's going yeah. to it's going to get it, but I feel like it's it, a limited series again. Yeah. Six episodes. Struggles to nail that down. Was it? I think Wonder No Wonder Vision had like nine. Um, there was other. There was others. I think uh, Falcon and the Soldier had six. These limited series don't tend to work. Yeah. Um, but I'm really enjoying it with you. Yeah. I agree. I think that's all I've watched. Uh, fair enough. Um, I watched something which you should watch. Ooh. I only found out the other day. I only got news about it the other day. 
Um, do you remember the Atom Eve character in Invincible, the pink yeah. one that Green Lantern powers? There's a like a 50 minute special episode about her origin Ooh. on um, Prime Video, but it's exactly it's basically a great Invincible episode. Oh, you, see, oh, you have flashes of Omni Man, younger and stuff like that as well. well that sounds so good. It, on, honestly, this get the the character's brilliant. It's so so good. The fighting and stuff like that. Rec- if you're an Invincible fan, you'll love this episode. Yeah, go I'll and watch, watch it. it. Um, the Bear Season 2, I've got the finale to watch. Probably going to watch that when I get in tonight. Yeah. Unbelievable. There's a there's an episode with Jamie Lee Curtis and Bob Odenkirk that come into it, um, and an hour-long like Christmas special type thing. It's all a, it's all cooking a Christmas dinner and then at the table, but it's one of the best things you'll see. Yeah. And then Episode 7, Richie. Uh, my God, what an episode. Um, and then lastly, Strange New Worlds. Nothing really to say. It's not as good as the first season unfortunately but it was a really cool episode you're like this there's a star trek animated show called lower decks and uh, obviously strange new worlds is live action they've done a crossover where two jack quaid you know jack oh, yeah. quaid huey from the boys also in oppenheimer nice i forgot yeah good yeah. in oppenheimer yeah. well played uh he gets pulled from that that um universe into oh, that's good. So he, he's jack quaid in this but yeah he, he's character and stuff like that so really really clever idea worked well uh, and that's me. So now it's time for scraps, my friend. A bunch of scraps! I had a scrap, but I'm racking my brains and I can't remember it. So I will say, I've only got one, really. Uh, there was SDCC on the weekend. Not a lot come out because of, obviously, the strikes going on. But they DC did announce they're doing an animated Watchmen movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, the film is so bloody good that Zack Snyder done. I, I don't see how you top that. So but then again, their animation is brilliant over there. Um, and then Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, which is a big multiversal story in the DC universe. So both animated movies coming in 2024. Um, if you're not a fan of DC at the minute uh, and waiting for James Gunn's universe, I recommend sticking with their animation. They nail that every time. Just, yeah. I'll just say that. Found your scrap? Nope, can't remember it. Fair enough. It's, it's, not, hey, it's all right. We can't always be on the ball. Not my day. It's not your day. Uh, right, that's it. That's the show. Uh, next week, we'll be bringing you Secret Invasion finale. I also want to do a little bit of a segment on Christopher Christopher Nolan's movies, and I want to try and narrow down Weekly Cut Top 3. Yeah, okay. okay? With yep. Oppenheimer now seen. So we're going to do that next week. We've got all the movies. There's trailers to come. We're hearing that. So come back and listen to us, and thank you for this week. Uh, thanks for having us in your ears.